verse 2. You guys got that? I know you're working on other things back there. Just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Revelations 20 and verse 2. If not, it's okay. I've got it. This is totally on me. I didn't give them any, any scriptures. I'll just go ahead and read it. I find it interesting. In Revelations 20 and verse 2, it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the and and bound him a thousand years. Now, who are we talking about here? Lucifer. Right? But it refers to him as the dragon, the old serpent, the devil, and Satan. When we talk about the Satanhood, we never say that there are four distinct persons in the Satanhood. Why? Because we know that this verse is referring to the same person with one name, and that is Lucifer. That's why in Matthew 28, 19, when we understand it says, Go ye, therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There is not... This verse is not talking about three distinct persons, but rather three titles that all refer to the same living God whose name is Jesus. We know this to be the case because in the verse before that, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, The disciples understood this. That's why every time you find that somebody is baptized in Scripture and they tell you how it was done, it is always done how? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is not a single instance of somebody being baptized under the titles the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the disciples knew that they were talking about Jesus why in Acts 4.12 it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is not an option. You hear me? Buddha can't save you. Allah can't save you. Tim Tebow can't save you. Steph Curry can't save you. Lionel Messi can't save you. Sadie Robinson, Joel Osteen, none of these people can save you. You better hear me in the Holy Ghost. I sure enough can't save you. There's only one name. There's only one name that has power to save, and that's Jesus why Colossians says, why do we baptize in Jesus' name? Colossians 3, 17, and whatsoever ye do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. You hear me? I would not pray over my food in any other name but the name of Jesus. I would not walk out these doors and get in a car without the name of Jesus being applied to my life. His name is Jesus. He wants to be our Savior. Hear me. He wants to be our Savior. He wants to save you. It is the will of God this morning for you to go down in the precious, all-saving name of Jesus. If there is somebody in your family that's not been baptized in the name of Jesus, today is the day. Don't let this world confuse you. Don't follow vain traditions that are not based in this Bible. You ought to get in the Word of God, and you ought to have the name of Jesus applied to your life. 
Somebody shout, he wants to be my Savior. But what if I told you there was another level? Because more, not more, but just like God wants to be your Savior, there is another level and there is another dimension. Because beyond just being your Savior, he wants to be your friend. God's desire is to have a relationship with you. Hear me, I don't care if I ever preach on another topic. I know this may sound rudiment. I know, I know this may sound just like the fundamentals. It may be the baseline, but please hear me. We have to have relationship with God. There has to be a communion between God and man. Without it, our world is doomed. You've got to know him. You've got to know everything about him. You've got to know his personality. You've got to know his likes and his dislikes. You've got to know what his heartbeat sounds like. You've got to know what his voice sounds like. You've got to know his touch. You've got to know when Jesus walks in the room. That's my friend. That's my deliverer. That's my savior. But that is my friend. Somebody lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is here. I'm getting ready to wrap up. Oh, my goodness, the Holy Ghost is here. Hear me. Nobody, not a single one of us, is going to barely squeak into the pearly gates. You will not be surprised if you made it in heaven. You know why? Because it will only be by an intentional relationship with God. When you get to heaven, you're already going to know his voice. When you get to heaven, you're already going to know who he is. Why? Because you had a relationship. Heaven. Hear me. I, I know I'm getting off notes. Heaven will not be heaven if you don't already know who he is. I'm thankful for the streets of gold. I'm thankful. For, I know. I know. I know. You're what you're thinking. My goodness, this is a Sunday school class. You're supposed to, supposed to chill out, but I feel the Holy Ghost. You hear me? Heaven will not be heaven if you don't already know who He is. If I'm thankful for the streets of gold, I'm thankful for the walls of. I'm thankful for the pearly gates. I'm thankful for I, I, who I'm gonna see, and I'm I'm gonna see my great grandmother, and I, I'm gonna go up and I, all these heroes of the faith. I'm gonna get to meet them. But my goodness, that is not what heaven is all about. Heaven will not be heaven unless you know who that you know that you know who Jesus is. You hear me? If you what makes us think that we want to go to heaven and spend eternity with him if we don't spend 30 minutes with him down here? What makes us think that we want to go to heaven? And we want to sing his praises for, for an eternity. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna. When every worship service, we're looking at our clock because we're wondering what time we're going to get out and we're going to be able to go to Applebee's. It don't work that way, honey. You better hear me. If you don't like spending time with him down here, then I don't think you're going to like spending time with him up there. You better make up in your mind. I'm going to carve out a relationship with God. I'm going to learn who he is. I'm going to spend time in his presence. I want to know Jesus. If you live for God easy, it's hard. But if you live for God hard, it's easy. When the roles are reversed. Whom does he say that I am? 
When the question is turned, the tables are turned. When he looks at you, whom does he say that you are? Well, well, I, I, I've seen miracles. Well, I've, I've been coming to this church for 50 years. I've sat in the same spot, and obviously, I've been faithful. I've paid tithe. Obviously, God knows who I am. Really? You know what it says? That there's going to be people that come up to him and say, God, we've done many marvelous works in thy name. And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You have to know him. At the end of the day, that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, that's what everything boils down to. You've got to have a relationship with him. You're going to have a relationship with God. You're going to have to dig it out. Do not trade your relationship for temporal rewards. Is your relationship with God really worth that 30 minutes that you're going to spend on Netflix or on Instagram? Every time we make a decision, we're trading things. And it always ends in destruction. Judas traded his relationship for a temporal reward. And it ended in destruction. You hear me? There is a spirit of lethargy that has fallen over the church that we think we have more time than we have because after all, I thought Jesus was coming back when I'm a kid. I, you hear me? I don't care what you thought back in 1932 or 1970. or I, 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 really, I really don't care because the truth of the matter is that we are closer today than we have ever been. And if you're not careful, you're going to get caught in a spirit of complacency. Do not get caught in your complacency. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Don't put it off. Don't wait. It is time to press in. We do not see how, how long we can be backslid and just pray through. I know people. Sister, I know, you, I know you know people that they literally thought they were going to go out and backslide so they can get some stories and a better testimony. I rebuke that spirit. You hear me every, if there's any young people in here, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to go out there to get any experiences. You don't have to go out there to get more. Everything you ever need is in these doors. You hear me? Everything you ever need, you're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. That's better than anything they have to offer. Whom does he say that you are? Are you just the person that fills up the pew? You're just the person that sits, that sits there every week in and week out. Paul wrote that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If you're going to have a relationship with God, hear me, I'm about to get real serious. It will cost you everything. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to play with you. But you hear me, if you are kidding yourself, if you think this world doesn't cost you everything, the pleasures of sin are yet for a season. And at the end of the day, I want to give my everything to something that is worthwhile because what waits for me is joy and love and peace and happiness and life forevermore and souls being saved and purpose and Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you're going to have a relationship with him, you're going to have to press. 
The only way to experience the deep things of God is to dig. You want to go deeper? Start digging. You want a, you want a better ministry? You want to, singers, you want to sing with more anointing? Start digging. If you want a young person, you want to you win your school, you want to teach Bible studies, just start digging. I'm telling you, you got to start digging. I know it's not comfortable. I know it's not easy. I, I, whoever told you that it's always going to have goosebumps and it's always going to feel like sunshine and rainbows, they lied to you. I'm sorry, but there's going to be a lot of times when it's just you in an empty room and you're not even feeling God, but you're going to have to get down on your knees. You're going to have to lift your voice and you're going to have to dig till some old wells come back but you hear me it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it if you'll get a hold of God it's worth it I find it interesting that when the enemy wanted to defeat Isaac they knew they could not defeat him they knew they could distract him when they wanted to defeat Isaac what did they do they just went and filled the wells with dirt. They couldn't take him head on. They would have been cursed. There's nothing they could have done that could have defeated the children of Abraham. But if we could distract him, if we could fill his wells with dirt, then we stand a chance. And what I'm scared, what's happening in the apostolic movement is that we know the enemy cannot defeat us, but we are sitting idly by as our wells get filled up with dirt. Those old wells that used to, where miracles came from, where signs and wonders came from, where relationship with God came from, and we're sitting idly by as one shovel after another of carnality and of filth and of dirt gets poured in our wells. And if we're not careful, They'll get stopped up. And you're wondering why I can't feel God anymore. Why can't I lift my hands anymore? I used to be able, I, when I was in the youth group, man, I rolled, I snotted, I, I was all over the place. I prayed people through. Every person that was breathing in that place got the Holy Ghost after I laid hands on them. What happened to me? Dirt. You know what you're made out of? Dirt. Lean over to the person next to you tell them you're nothing but a dirt ball. We became so filled with ourselves. We became so filled with carnality that all of a sudden the river's gone. The flow's gone. There used to be a deep flow of the Holy Ghost, but now I can't even lift my hands. You know what you got to start doing? You got to dig again. You got to dig again, Isaac. You got to dig again, Isaac. You got to get your shovel in your hand, and you got to dig again, Isaac. Somebody shout dig. You gotta dig. Every time you walk in this place, do not be Baha. Do not be a thermometer. Be a thermostat. You make up in your mind, I set the temperature. When I walk in to Apostolic Praise Tabernacle, I'm going to be the key to revival. I'm gonna be the one that's got a shovel in his hand and a hard hat on his head. And I'm going to work. I'm going to labor until we see revival. You've got to labor. Somebody shout, I got to labor. You got to labor. You got to work. Don't forget that the work of God is still work. 
We, we try to make this thing way easier than it is. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm not trying to say that this is, the worst, this is the best life ever. You hear me in the Holy Ghost? It's the best life ever. But if you think you're going to get something without working for it. You know Disney? I was at, you know Disney? That we all think is just, it, it's the most magical place on earth. You know what you don't see at Disney? Behind those cute little walls and fences that they put up with characters on them, there are sweaty, nasty men behind there with hard hats and equipment and grease on their face and dirt on their knees. And they're, they're out there, and you know what they're doing? They are laboring so you can experience the magic. Somebody in this place has got to make up in their mind. When I show up, I, I, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to get a hold of God, but I do. And so when I show up, I got a hard hat on because I am going to dig an old well so that they can experience. Got about 10 minutes left. I'm hurrying. Shout labor. You know why you have to labor? You know why it is important to labor? I've, I've preached this whole time to preach this. This, this entire revelation has floored me. It, is tore, it, is tore, it just like tore into me. And you hear me. You know why you have to labor? Because in Matthew chapter 20, we find, we find the, the biblical parable of the laborers in the vineyard. The laborers in the vineyard. And we always preach this. I'm guilty of it, and it preaches good. With parables, there's so many different dimensions that you can pull and so many different revelations that you can pull out of them. I love them. But we always preach it from the fact that they're, it's never too late, that they're, they're, it's never too late to get into harvest. It's never too late. As long as you're an 11th hour laborer, you're going to get the same reward. But I'm going to tell you the truth. This story's always bothered me a little bit. Anybody ever know that you know this story? What it is is there's a la there's a first hour laborer and he comes and he goes to the Lord of the harvest and he agrees for a price and then they do the work and the eleventh hour laborer comes in, agrees for the same price, and at the end of the day they get paid the same thing. That doesn't sound very fair to me. I know y'all are so spiritual. There's like halos. Oh it doesn't sound fair. But it wasn't until God showed me something in these scriptures. I'm telling you. God, it showed me something in these scriptures. Matthew 20 and verse 13. I know it looks like the same reward. I know it's the same thing. I know we're all going to heaven. I know we're all going to the same streets of gold. But put that scripture up there. But he answered one of them. And said, friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? I thought they say it got the same reward. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he called one of them friend. I said, at the end of the day, he looked at one of them. And he called them friend. Why? Because they had been there from the start. And the longer you labor, the more you get to know your Lord. 
I said the longer you labor, the more you get to know your Lord. And at the end of the day, he will look at you and he'll call you friend. Yes, we're still going to heaven together. Yes, we're both going to the same place. But the reward is relationship. The reward is relationship. Don't you ever forget that the purpose of all of this is that you may know him and that you may make him known. Hear me, apostolic praise tabernacle. I'm done. But hear me. If you do anything in this life, form a relationship with God. Forge out a relationship with God. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Lift your hands. We're about to go into a time of prayer. It's 10.09. I want you to lift your hands. Come on, you got to form a relationship. When he looks at you, is he going to call you friend? Whom does he say that I am? Whom does he say? Come on, is he going to call you friend? I know it's labor. I know it's work. But at the end of the day, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, that's my friend. That's my child. Oh, somebody begin to pray. Come on, these altars are open. I got you out a little early. Why don't you just start praying? Why don't you, somebody needs to tap into intercession. We're about to move into the main service, but somebody, come on, move out of your seat. Do what you need to do. These altars are open. Come on, lay your hands on somebody else. You need a relationship with God, sir. You need a relationship with God, ma'am. Don't live off of yesterday's manna. You got to get something fresh today. You got to get something new today. Oh, somebody lift up a cry. Somebody lift up a shout. Somebody raise their voice. Come on, the reward is relationship. Oh, come on. Come on, somebody dig deep. Somebody dig deep. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, you ought to speak in tongues. Come on, you're praying to the heavenlies when you speak in tongues. You're communicating with God himself. Come on, travail. You want to have you want to have a harvest? You got to labor. You want to have revival? You got to labor. You want to have a relationship? You got to labor.
Come on, there's something very deep that's trying to move in here right now. There's gifts of the Spirit that are trying to move in here right now. Amen. I'm going to tell you something that if, I know there are elders in here, but I believe they would agree with me. It will keep you for the rest of your life. If you get a hold of this revelation, it will keep you for the rest of your life. God is a hopeless romantic. We don't view it like that all the time. I know it sounds weird. It sounds strange. But if we knew how much he loved us, our relationship with God would change forever. Anybody ever heard of, of love languages? Five love languages? You know, God has a love language. The love languages, they say that however you show love, it's typically how you like to reciprocate love or how you, how you like to get showed love. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. God's love language has always been and always will be sacrifice. That's why he humbled himself in the form of a man and laid down his life. And if he can lay down his life for us, how much more should we be willing to lay down our lives for him? It's that simple. Hear me, somebody's got to answer the call today. You got to lay down your schedule, your itinerary, your agenda, your job, whatever it is, and you got to just say, God, I give my life to you. I dedicate my time to you. I sacrifice myself for you. I present my body as a living sacrifice. You hear me? He said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, sacrifice your time. If you love me, give of your money. If you love me, give of yourself. If you love me. Oh, somebody's forming a brand new relationship with God. You may have been in this thing for a long time, but you're forming a brand new relationship with God. They're, your relationship's going to a whole nother level. You hear me? When this church wants to go to another level, your relationship must first go to another level. That's where the next wave of revival's coming for Apostolic Praise Tabernacle. It's in a prayer room. It's in a private relationship. Lift your hands one more time. We're about to leave here, but my goodness, the Holy Ghost is here. Somebody dig in one more time. Why don't we just keep this atmosphere of prayer, Brother John or Brother Mormon, if you guys could just turn the lights off, and we're just going to move right into prayer.
is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody.